0: much like Jake Fromm when he was a freshman. If you leave him 10-12 yards on the boundaries or in the middle of the field, he's going to take that from you. And he's just very, very controlled. He's an opportunistic quarterback. He doesn't force anything, doesn't try to make anything crazy happen. Um, So, you know, I I think that Georgia has a challenge there with him, but I don't think he's a game-breaking type of quarterback like you saw with uh, Bryce Young, for example, that is going to force Georgia to kind of get out of character in terms of how they defend teams and how they've defended teams all year long. I see that Josh is in here. What's up, Josh?
1: Hey, good evening, guys. I don't know. uh, I'm still kind of setting up some stuff on the back end, technical stuff. But uh, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, I am I'm trying to shake off my nihilist and my Munson today. So uh, it's 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 my little day early. Um, with the friday kickoff it's just my whole like months and clock is all torn up so well i mean you know that i think something would be wrong if that wasn't the case um
0: <laughs> i see J boy request requested to oh chat, hell, so we got a celebrity here for a second <laughs> yeah we got a blue check mark in here um so yeah i'm a. while you're working on back, i'm ready stuff, i'm i'm good i'm gonna but i'm gonna listen to what jay boy's got what's up J boy
2: uh oh, what's up, fellas?
0: You know, just trying to get ready for for the Orange Bowl, man.
2: How about yourself? Ah oh, man, I'm watching watching little SEC hoops right now, uh, getting conference plays started, but uh flipping back and forth between the football games. The Iowa State scores some over 20 and a half on offense. But now, real quick, man, I'm gonna uh, just you know wanted to get you guys thoughts on this and then I'll let y'all write it out the rest of the way. The stat to me and I'm not typically a guy that's like, look at one stat, but I think the team that wins this game is the team with the least amount of pass attempts. Uh, if either one of these teams has to rely to throw the ball 40 to 45 times, they're going to be in trouble. The difference to me is I can't find a way in which Michigan is going to be able to consistently go 8, 9, 10, 11 play drives down the field, which is how they operate offensively. You know, Bama really kind of, you know, I call it the Cobra method, Against Georgia, as opposed to the Anaconda method, you know, you got to quick strike them from far out. Once you get into the red zone and that field shrinks, you know, you're going to end up getting three instead of seven. Uh, So when I when I look at this game and I look at the the matchup here, I just don't see a way outside of a special teams touchdown, outside of you know a, a bunch of penalties that we don't foresee or just stupid play. Uh, where George is not able to really kind of control the tempo, especially once they get up. Uh, Again, if I hear another person say that Cincinnati has the best secondary in college football, I'm going to throw up. I guess that's for a separate space. But I just don't see a way in which Michigan is able to consistently go 10, 11, 12 play drives down the field against this front seven. I just don't see it. Other than that, I'll hang up and listen, fellas. Y'all do a great job.
0: (laughs) Hey, thanks for jumping in, man. No,
2: I I think you're dead on. I
0: think uh, that pass attempt stat unless something's just working really well uh that that that's totally unexpected I think you're right and I I you know a lot of Michigan's identity on offense is just pound the rock up the middle and I mean that Ohio State game I think maybe skewed our opinion or sort of the national opinion of Michigan a little bit too far in the positive direction. I think they're a very good football team. I think, you know, they deserve to be in the college football playoff. If anyone's a Michigan fan in here, like, I'm not trying to, you know, hate on you guys or anything like that. But I do think that this Ohio State defense was bad all year. You know, Oregon put up 42 on them, I believe, if I remember correctly, and then struggled to score 20 points at home against Cal and struggled with, you know, a lot of Pac-12 defenses on – kind of 500 teams this year. So I I think it's great that Michigan beat Ohio State, but like what Ohio State did on the defensive line in terms of just like they didn't fit gaps, their their run fits were horrible, their inside linebackers didn't scrape off blocks. Like it was just very, very poor fundamental D-line play. And that's kind of the antithesis of what we've come to expect from UGA this year. I mean, even in the Alabama game, despite everything that went wrong, like Alabama did not just, you know, run the rock on Georgia. Like it, that wasn't how that game was lost. It was lost by Bryce young putting on the Cape and balling out. So I, I think that, you know, Michigan, if they can get into third and twos, this offense is really, really dangerous because, you know, when, when you are a defense against Michigan and you, you, aren't in a spot where it feels predictable. Like when you're in a spot where there's that run pass conflict and you have to kind of shade your inside linebackers and safeties more towards the center of the field. McNamara is very good at hitting those out routes and some of those little timing routes for six yards on third and four, four yards on third and two. But if Georgia can, you know, stuff Michigan on that like kind of dive play up the middle, on first and 10 and hold that to two yards, one yard, I think that might be a, a large portion of the ball game right
1: there. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I mean, they obviously run the ball extremely well. They led the, the country in an extremely high success rate. Um, you know, I'll, I'll jump into my stats and stuff, which is, is you know, we drew this matchup, which is, you know, like – Uh. Coming out of uh, the SEC championship defeat I was like that's as good as you could Really hope for you know it's not a mobile quarterback um, It's not Bryce Young Obviously we didn't have to do that again but it was The kind of offense that we can Contain that they might be better than us They might knock us off the ball they might Run it down our throats but at least we know What's coming and we know we have The guys up front and in, in linebackers That can keep this Game in front of us I just don't think that Georgia's if Georgia loses this game it's going to be late in the fourth quarter. It's going to take every bit that Michigan can do on offense to score more points uh, than Georgia. And I just, I'm confident, but I'm still, I got to, I just, I'm shook. I'm still shook by Alabama. Um, And, but you're right. You know, Alabama didn't run it on us. And actually Georgia actually had a higher success rate on offense than Alabama did in that game. So, you know, as, as much as we've, I will, I'm not going to say we, as much as I've talked and complained about the quarterback play, you know, we moved the ball, we scored points. We need more than 24, I feel like in the in the playoff, but I don't know if we need more than 24 on on Friday.
0: No, I agree. I think if, you know, Georgia gets to 20 in this game, there's a very good chance they win barring a, you know, defensive touchdown or special teams touchdown or three turnovers or something along those lines that's just catastrophic. But I, you know, I think what you said is right. Like I don't see a scenario where Michigan like blows georgia out or anything like that you know like i would be shocked if uh georgia you know even if things weren't going well early if georgia found themselves down by more than 10 points at any point in this game i would be very very surprised the flip side of that is like i do think that you know and we talked about this on the show last night like you go back and look at michigan's schedule like who's the best quarterback they played this year besides cj stroud and you know that that game kind of got broken for Ohio state from a game state standpoint where they just had to drop back and throw the ball every down. And they became so predictable on offense that those DNs Hutchinson Ojabo for Michigan, they were able to just tee off over and over and over. But uh, you know, like this is still a team that played Nebraska to a three point game that, you know, won 20 to 13 against Rutgers. They have improved over the course of the season And all of that. But, you know, I I think that there is still a lot to be said for, you know, it's one of those like pendulum swing overreactions and football coaches are always like, you know, you're never as good as you think you are when you win a game and you're never as bad as you think you are when you lose a game. And I think that could be applied to the media or just the general college football watching public as well. Like Michigan was never as bad as everyone thought they were when they were losing 10 straight to Ohio state. And they were probably never as good as you know, we might think they are right now after beating Ohio state, just because this was a very flawed version of Ohio state that gave up 38 to a Minnesota team that went on and lost to a Mac team. I mean, I know it's college football transitive property doesn't always win out, but it's just, it is worth mentioning in my mind that this, you know, I think the pendulum has swung so far in the other direction where uh, a lot of people I think are maybe undervalu undervaluing Georgia at this point and overvaluing Michigan. And the way that I look at this game in a certain sense is like you either think that the 12 games that happened before the SEC championship were the outlier, or the SEC championship was the outlier. Um, what uh, Alabama was able to do to Georgia on offense, definitely exposed some things for UGA, but the flip side of that is just Michigan doesn't have the personnel to do the things to Georgia that Alabama did. Um, they don't run empty that very, that much, you know, the, the bunch sets that Alabama used to free up Williams, Williamson, Williamson uh, or Williams, Jameson Williams, like that is not a huge part of Michigan's repertoire. Now they've had 25 days. So maybe it will be by the time we see them on Friday night in Miami, but Caden McNamara is not a dude who is just going to, throw darts, you know, to the outside shoulder on the boundaries and beat you in one-on-one matchups down the field. He is a guy that will hit a slant pattern or a crossing route that's, you know, 7 to 12 yards downfield with deadly accuracy and and stride that will allow a wide receiver to keep running. But I think that for Georgia, like, the thing that they have going for him is – There is still the Dean, Quay Walker, and Channing Tyndall on this defense. And that inside linebacker speed negates a lot of things that you can do from kind of a a mesh concept, crossing route concept standpoint. And I think that that could be a big issue for Michigan in this game. Um, Yeah, all right. We got some – I don't know where Josh went, but um, we have some requests. So I will – Start throwing you guys in here. Um, if you guys have any questions, fire away. We've got Ultra BLV. What's up, man?
3: I'm in from South Beach today. I'm sorry, uh, you
0: broke up a little bit. What'd you say?
3: I'm coming in from Beach today.
0: Gotcha. Um, well, that's cool, man. Yeah. What's the vibe like on the ground down there?
3: A lot of Georgia fans here for sure, but there's also a fair amount of Michigan fans um, just really excited for the game. I think the vibes for the game are – there's just a lot of excitement around it, right, even with everything with COVID. So, yeah. So, when I'm looking at the matchup, Graham, is Michigan's defense is obviously very good, but they are – against the run – the, the thing with Alabama is I think Georgia abandoned the run a little <laughs> bit too early because once they started to get down, they obviously had to pass the ball. And that isn't what Georgia's st- strength is. Their strength is running the ball offensively. Michigan's run defense <laughs> is not as good as Alabama's. They are uh, 20th in yards per game. They're 23rd in yards per attempt. Alabama's second and third in those categories, respectively.
4: If Georgia's able to run
3: the ball, where Georgia, like, what I what I see it as, I don't even think Stetson Bennett is going to be a major like. I don't think Stetson Bennett's going to have to carry Georgia's offense the way he maybe had to against Alabama. If Georgia's able to run the ball, which I think they can, because Georgia's run blocking offensive line has been pretty good this season, and I do think like Henderson of Ohio State had a Fairly su- successful game against Michigan. If James Cook is able to s- maybe do the same, uh, I don't I think if J- George is able to run the ball, I I can see Georgia. I don't see how Georgia loses there. Yeah, one
0: hundred percent. No, I mean I think that's a a good point. And uh, you know, I, it felt like the last two times Georgia played Alabama, uh, they maybe abandoned the run a little bit early, like. Georgia ran the ball much better on Alabama than I really expected them to be able to, particularly in the middle. Like those guard positions with Erickson and Schaefer have been trouble spots all year. And you saw those guys get some really good push at times in the first half, but it felt like that game broke from like a a game state kind of standpoint. And just what I mean by that is like Georgia got behind by 14 and had given up points on five straight drives. And it was like the play calling went. To a place of we're not going to stop them again and pretty soon that offense became predictable and like you're saying that's you know that's not where you want to be with Stetson Bennett that's not where you want to be with anybody for the record yeah. like that's you know you always want to be able to put a defense in a run past conflict for sure but uh um, let's get uh Josh's back yeah. in here let's get your yeah I mean
1: this. Georgia did run the ball extremely well and and, and Michigan just ran it more I'm looking at my stats on the success rates, and Georgia had actually a higher success rate running the ball. Uh, but the EPA, which is just um, you know basically grades each each play, so EPA wise, Michigan was more efficient and better. But in terms of actual success rates, yeah, Georgia was actually right there with Michigan, even a hair better. Um, I'm looking at the, by the games. I mean, they just got on a tear at the end of the season. You know they they ran at sixty percent uh, versus seventy um, percent against Ohio State fifty seven uh, against uh, Iowa which you know for most of the season Iowa was one of the better defenses and who do, I'm not sure who they played the last second to last week uh, I'm just looking at it by week uh, let me see here they played Ohio
0: State before oh you're talking yeah about yeah
1: Maryland. Uh, Maryland they had a sixty percent success rate against Maryland so yeah I mean Georgia I think will run the ball I mean I talked about it in the show last night I would love to see. You know, uh, thirty-two to thirty-four runs to twenty, you know, twenty-five to twenty-eight passes on Friday night, and you know, let's just let Stetson go do one of his under thirty games and get out of there with a win. And I do, and I, I expect that Cook is going to see a lot of a lot of carries. And you know, I know we see him out um, lined up on linebackers trying to get a mismatch there, and when he lines out wide or in the slot, but I suspect he's going to run, you know, attack those edges like you talked about because I, as good as Hutchinson and Ajalu are. Uh, Graham, you kind of talked about it. You can get to those edges and kind of expose them, and that speed that we are expecting to have an advantage in can come to uh, to put some yards up. So I, I like that take. I, I do think that the team that runs the ball better uh, is going to win that game, which is kind of scary because everyone knows Michigan's one of the great teams running the ball, but I think Georgia's kind of sneaky good uh, to on uh, rushing the ball.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think the the good news for Georgia in this game is like, you know. Hutchinson is an animal both against you know he's a great pass rusher but he's also extremely extremely stout against the run but the the opposite edge for Michigan whoever's lined up there whether that's a Jabo or some of the other guys they rotate in like those guys aren't big kind of run stoppers that are gonna you're gonna have problems running towards or at and the really good news for Georgia I think is just that the D tackles for Michigan uh, they're not bad by any measure but like they're they're not great. They're not game breakers. They don't I think affect what you're trying to do. And that problem spot like we were talking about a minute ago for UGA, a lot of the year has been the guard position and some of the interior uh, like kind of that that middle three of guard center guard. There's been some issues at times with some of the the blocking schemes in there in the run game and the pass game and I think those are the type of D tackles. Michigan has the type of D tackles that you probably feel comfortable that, like, Georgia can kind of get a stalemate uh, in the middle there, the, the two guards in center position.
3: I kind of felt like our offensive line didn't do that poorly against Alabama from a pass-blocking perspective either. No, no, they definitely didn't. I mean, you know, um, you're playing Will Anderson. Some like, plays, but, like – yeah. Compared to how Will Anderson's dominated other games, I thought he was kept fairly quiet. The no, I things... agree.
0: I mean, like, I, I you know, I, I would be very, very surprised if – like, I think that Hutchinson and Ojabo will make some plays and, you know, hurry some things at times. But I don't see a scenario like you saw with, like, the Georgia-Clemson game to open the season where Georgia's D-line is just so dominant on every snap that it just breaks the offense for Clemson and really keeps them from doing anything they want to do. Like Jamari Sawyer is a, he's going to play in the NFL next season. You know what I mean? Like he is a very good tackle. McClendon is probably underrated with his skills in both run blocking and pass blocking on, on the right side there. So I think Georgia will be fine. Um, Like for me, I think, you know, Georgia really has an opportunity in this game to do some things, like with James Cook, like both both you and Josh just kind of referenced, like if you go back and watch the tape of the Ohio State game and the Michigan State game, like both those teams did some things, kind of just quick sque- screen pass, like swing passes and screen passes to the running backs and wide receivers on the perimeter. And that sort of forced Hutchinson and, and the other edges for Michigan to not be able to just pin those ears back and tee off every time they you know had to – kind of kind of wears them out as well it does and i mean the other thing too is just the the inside linebackers for michigan don't run quite like what you're used to seeing in the sec um they're just a half step slower than i think what georgia probably sees week in week out for most of the season and that's significant when you have guys like cook or even guys like a a lad mccackey that are just you know shifty on the outside and are, are extremely agile and have that quick first step and can get to the, the edge a little bit quicker. So I expect Georgia to do some of the things that you saw them do against Clemson in week one in terms of, you know, trying to run these guys side to side and wear them out a little bit in the first half. And then hopefully for Georgia in the second half, that those kind of body blows will take a toll and then you can start gashing them a
1: little more in the run game. The thing, uh, Graham, who... Who who do we want to take next? We got we got another couple questions in here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna move on, man. But thanks for jumping in.
1: But stay on with us, and we appreciate. It. We'll get back to you if you. There we go. All right. Um, uh, I don't know how this goes, Graham. You're. If these are in take, order. Uh,
0: I think plug flutie here. Excellent name. <laughs> um, I think he's been waiting. I see Jim and Alec in here as well. I'll get you guys next.
5: This is, Boy,
6: this please, is what... You were you on here already. Yeah. yeah, we're here. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Just like probably any other Dog fan, you know, I feel like we've been licking our wounds the past couple weeks after the Alabama game, and I think really kind of after Christmas really started, started getting amped up for, uh, for this matchup. But, um, you know, I, I think one thing that obviously everybody's got to be looking at, right, is the coordinator matchup. Um, McDonald at Michigan, you know, from the tape that, you know, looking at the Ohio State game, it seems that, you know, look, they're going to play a lot of two man under, right? Like, it doesn't seem like they try to get too cute with their looks pre-snap. Um, you know, like they want their defensive line to obviously have a lot of like gap integrity, which seems kind of cliche because everybody wants it, but they want their offensive linemen or they want the opponent's offensive linemen to, to really kind of be on an island, right? They want to bring five. They want to drop six in covers. They want to be physical at the line of scrimmage with their with their DBs. So I think a lot of it's going to be, you know, hey, like how quickly can Monken scheme up some route concepts to get guys open, you know, in, in two, three seconds, right? Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be interesting. Obviously, having a healthy George Pickens is going to be good. Um, you know, I think he's going to be able to do that. But, you know, at the same point in time, too, I mean, you know, our offensive linemen, they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be on an island for a while. And one thing, too, I mean, you know, Ultra, you brought up a good point. Obviously, we need to run the ball. But at the same point in time, too, whenever those do, whenever those concepts do come up early, like Stetson's got to execute. And I think one thing that we should be, like, I guess, you know, very bullish about is that's what he's done the entire season. Right. You know, like whenever we really got in troubles, whenever we really started kind of forcing the ball, whenever we were down 14, 17 points against Alabama um, and, you know, hopefully we can establish the run and we can do that. Um, One last thing that I'll say and, you know, I'll kind of let you guys take over is I'd really like to see kind of Stetson um, use his legs a little bit more. There were so many times against Alabama when, you know, he had six seven eight yards in front of him right but he still kind of tried to force the ball in tight windows you know to the boundaries things along that nature whereas you know look like let's let's take four yards on first second down whatever it may be if something's not there and you know let's live to fight another day and you know stay uh stay ahead of the stick so um curious to see what you guys thoughts are on that
1: I'm gonna jump in real fast about the, the the running game for Bennett because you're right. I mean, I think a lot of people saw, especially down in the in the red zone, where he had you know lots of yards in front of him, and he and he, he chose to throw. Josh, and, you want to take uh, that? We definitely. Yeah, I'm on. Right? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hello. Yep. Yeah, We're I can hear me. you. Gotcha. Okay. okay yeah, uh, so yeah. So I, we, I think
0: that. Uh, sorry, I was switching
1: networks here real quick.
0: Um. I, yeah, I think you're right. Like you know the the Stetson conversation i don't want to rehash too much but he he has executed he's run the offense um like the alabama game agree with you 100 i think that things started pressing and instead of taking like what you don't want to be in with with any offense but particularly with this georgia offense that we you know what we've seen this year is like you don't want to be in third and long there was a lot of opportunities in first and 10 second and 10 where he you know had chance to pick up five, six, seven, eight yards with his legs and didn't take those. So I would imagine that's something that's probably been addressed with them. Like you can't always be trying to push for that home run play. Uh, As far as Michigan's defense, like, yeah, you see a lot of too high safety looks. Um, You do like, you know, I I do think they play a a decent amount of cover too. Um, They will play some zone like in the kind of second level there with the linebackers at times getting that ball out in three seconds. Like I think you're, your mismatches, if you're Georgia, um, are whoever you have lined back lined up on those on those linebackers, and uh, whoever's lined up on on the uh, I believe it's the strong safety for those guys. Uh, I will have to to look at my little chart and see what his name is here while we're uh, chatting still. But like I think that Georgia will have opportunities to get the ball out in in a few seconds uh, and do that with with Bowers, McConkie, um, but I also think that, like, if you're Georgia in this game, Michigan's boundary corners are are good. They're athletic, but they're not great, and I don't expect to see Georgia just kind of, you know, concede anything on the outside. Like, I think there's enough ability there with, with Burton and Pickens and, you know, even lining Darnell out, out wide at times. Like, I think Georgia can do some things on kind of some stop and comeback routes. Uh, like most college DBs, if you can get those guys in situations where their heads are turned, you can take advantage of them. You can do some things on double moves if you have enough pass protection. But um, I think play action will be big for Georgia in this game. Like, it, it was throughout a lot of the season, particularly when Stetson was in the game, and then they kind of got away from it some at the end of the year. But Michigan is – yeah, Michigan is really susceptible to play action, particularly in short yardage. And so, like, I think that's why first down and second down are so important in this game because if Georgia can get into second and fours, third and twos, uh, situations where, you know, Michigan will bite on play action, those those inside linebackers will bite. And they're very prone to, to, you know, coming downhill when they see run. And with the athletes that Georgia has at tight end and wide receiver – all you really need is just a split second of bad eye discipline and a split second of having somebody kind of caught when the ball's at the mesh point to take advantage and you know, get a Brock Bowers behind the defense.
1: So I, I think you'll see some of that. As I, I well. think I think that we're gonna see Bennett jump in and run a little more, especially early. I mean, I think they've gone over the tape. They've seen the mistakes he made in, in Alabama, and you know they're going to go highlight some of the things he did well. You know, I'm just looking at the PFF stuff that I, I showed on the on the show, and some of the stuff I didn't show is that you know, even under pressure and under facing the blitz, his his PFF run grade is really good. Um, and I think I think he needs to trust his legs and trust. You know, if he doesn't see a look that he likes, he's he might run it early. And that I think that'll help soften up the defense too, and and that's I mean the, he's been heralded all all you know bowl season about his legs being sort of the X factor and and maybe the determining factor why he possibly is in there over JT. Uh, but what, uh, who do you want to take next, Graham?
0: Uh, let's get uh, Alec, and then we'll get Jim, Mister Alec.
1: He's Smith, connecting. No, M. Hey, yeah. You're muted, Alec.
0: Hey,
7: can you hear me? There you go. Yes, sir. What's up, fellas? Um, One thing I would just like to talk about is Michigan's offense versus Georgia's defense, and specifically talking about McNamara. Um, Last time I checked, I think that he was averaging about 23 passes per game. He threw the ball 19 times against Ohio State. So my question to you guys is, do you think that Michigan is going to try to deviate from their main game plan of running the ball and try to throw the ball more against Georgia? I also expect to see some trick plays. I know they run those a good bit. But do you think that they will line up and try to play bully ball with us? Or do you think they're going to try to spread it out <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit more than we've seen in the past?
0: I think early in this game, both teams uh, are going to be kind of like a, you know, a boxer in early rounds where you're, you know, you're trying to go to the head. You're trying to go to the body. You're trying to to throw little jabs and, and you know, small hooks and just kind of see where the weakness might be and what you can set up for later. Uh, Michigan does a lot with like end around type action. Um their receiver, number three, I forget his name. We were talking about him on the show last night, but it's like he has more carries this year than he does receptions. Uh, you know, Donovan Edwards, the the five-star true freshman running back that Georgia was, was heavily in on his re- recruitment as well that ended up at Michigan. Like, he threw a beautiful halfback pass for 70-something yards against Iowa that kind of broke that game open early. So, yeah, I, I think that you're going to see, like, Michigan is – gonna try to do some things in the past game because how could you watch the Alabama tape and not you know what I mean like I think whoever lines up at that that star position that kind of nickel corner slot DB type of spot like Michigan is gonna try and test that early um, I think that you're gonna see them try and test Ringo and see if he panics like he has at times this year and you can create a pass interference call down the field just because he doesn't have his head around and doesn't know where the ball is like they will try some stuff like that. But at the end of the day, this offense is, you know, it's a 57% run offense. It is very much based in getting, you know, five, six, seven yards on first and 10 with uh, a lot of like counter and power type motions. And what I mean by that is Michigan is a really pull heavy team on the offensive line. And they like to bring guys around from one side to the other and try and create a numbers advantage uh, in the blocking scheme. So I think you're going to see them stick with what they do. Like Blake Corum is the, you know, Hassan Haskins is the guy that we watch run all over Ohio state and he's, you know, 12, 13, 1400 yard back this year. But, uh, Corum, I think honestly who's his backup and was hurt for the last month of the season is, is kind of more the home run hitter. So that's the guy that, that scares me a little bit more. If you're Georgia, um, And, you know, I think that Michigan will probably try to do some things in the screen game and with some draws just because if you're Georgia's D-line and you've been hearing about this rushing attack for a month, you may come in a little eager. You may be trying to get upfield a little bit faster than you should, and that might be something that that Michigan can take advantage of. Does that answer your question?
7: Yeah, that definitely answers my question. And um, I guess my final question would be, how many differences are we going to see between the defensive game plan we saw against Alabama and how we're going to play against Michigan? Do you think that we're going to rely on three to four guys to pressure the quarterback, or should we expect to see more blitzing from the secondary linebacking crew? Uh,
0: I think it'll depend if if the, you know, if the front four is able to get pressure, then, then I think that they'll stick with that. Uh, If they're not, then yeah, I think you'll see five and six coming. And, you know, I, I, think, Game plan wise, Georgia did some things against Alabama that they haven't done all year. I think that the speed of those wide receivers uh, scared Georgia into doing some some things on the back end with the secondary that was kind of out of character and ultimately resulted in some busts because those guys weren't well schooled at it. It wasn't what they had done for three months. Uh, so I think you'll see Georgia go back to kind of the identity that you've seen all year, which is more you know kind of press coverage looks more, you know, tight up on the line of scrimmage, kind of force the issue. Like Michigan doesn't have bad athletes at the skill positions, but they don't have guys that are running four twos like Jamison Williams that you're afraid are going to blow by you. And I think one of the lessons that probably came out of that Alabama game, if you're Georgia, is you want to get hands on these wide receivers and not just give them free releases off the, off the snap. And so I think you'll see Kendrick and Ringo, you know, playing up a little bit more and trying to kind of bully these guys around because McNamara is the type of quarterback where he needs to see it before he throws it. You know what I mean? Um, He's a little more, you know, he's not going to throw windows open. He's going to see a guy come open and then he's going to throw it. Uh, So if you're Georgia and you can, you know, kind of create a little bit more of a delay of these guys breaking open, I think you have an advantage there. And I think Georgia will do a lot to try and disguise coverage in the back end. Like, McNamara watching him on tape. He is a guy who likes to pre read defenses at times. And, you know, if he thinks he's got a, a tight end on a linebacker or a wide receiver on a linebacker in a favorable matchup, he's going to stare that down. And so if you're Georgia and you can show him something that you think he's going to like pre snap and then, you know, bring a robber over or disguise the coverage, bring a safety in, uh, you may be able to create a, a big play, a big turnover, um, like I wouldn't shock I would not be shocked to see uh a, a pick six in this game for Georgia. Uh you know, McNamara has been good taking care of the ball, but he will stare some things down at times. And I think a lot of the defenses they've played just didn't quite have the athletes to to take advantage of some of his
1: uh deficiencies as a quarterback. Yeah. You know, the first question part of that question was talking about what do you expect to see. I think uh Michigan is is much like a uh, built like what you hear Monken and, and Kirby say is like, they're going to scheme to the, their players' strengths and they're going to do what the, the game plan uh, dictates, you know? I mean, you look at, they only, they only passed it like 15 times against Washington and they just ran it. So they're going to go with what, what works. I mean, they're, they're not balanced. They're going to, they're going to lean towards the run, but I do expect that if something's working, they're going to keep at it until we stop it. But Georgia's is just too diverse and too athletic um, and too well-disciplined to, you know, against what run and D. So I think it's going to be, uh, they're going to try to run it, and if they can't run it, they're going to pass it.
5: I mean, that's a si-
1: simply stupid, simple answer, but that's kind of how I see it. And you know, kind of, you know, I was on on that podcast with Ed, and he sort of talked about that. You know, this they had in their mind kind of what Georgia, has, you know, fans have been wanting it was a more updated, you know, pass it all over the yard offense. But they realized they had a good O line that could run block, and they had good running back, so that's what they went with. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, let's bring uh, our buddy
0: Jim in here. Um, famous host of the one and only My God, a podcast
1: and friend of the program. Uh,
5: not Mr. Jim. Orton. Yeah. What's
0: that?
1: Not mean? just a gift. Not just a gift maker.
8: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, full disclosure, John makes most of those. I just I just upload them and tweet them, but that's
5: okay.
8: Uh, yeah, I was, was going to say like long time listener, first time caller, but I guess that'd be a lie since
2: you guys had us on
8: Dogs for a club this summer. Yeah. So. Um, that's true. But yeah, glad to have you guys back. Uh, also, really quick, want to shout out. I see a guy in here, Jeremy, JC from Decatur. That guy was my favorite uh, teacher that I ever had at the University of Georgia. So, Jeremy, I uh, hope you're doing well, my friend. And uh, I guess, Graham, something that I heard you say on Dog Sports Live last night, and it was something that I had actually said to John on my guy podcast. And when I hear you guys say something that I said, that makes me excited because, like, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Um, what I had said to John was that when I watch Michigan's offense, you know, that, you know, that they're built similarly to Georgia and it reminds me of watching Georgia, but I said that it reminded me of a Jim Cheney, Georgia offense more so. Um, and I, you know, you specifically kind of called out the 2017. So i was just wondering if you could expand on that a little bit and like what exactly it is that you see in the offense that reminds you of that. And then is that a good thing or a bad thing?
0: Yeah, no, I I think like the the reason I say 2017 for this Michigan offense is like, uh, you've got two really good running backs. You have, you know, the offensive line is probably the strength of the team. Um, you know, the offensive line and the edge rushers, right? Like, you know, there's no Roquan on Michigan, but, uh, yeah, I, like the the Jim Chaney comparison, I think is pretty good. You see a lot of pre snap motion. You see like Cheney was more of a, a zone blocking kind of guy. Like, you know, you saw a lot more uh, like, you know, you saw some split zone and stuff like that, but you didn't see a ton of power uh, type type concepts and like, you know, a ton of guard pulling. And that was sort of the philosophy under Cheney and Pittman was like, let's just be as big as we can on the offensive line. And then let's let these big guys just go win. Uh, against the guy across from them Michigan like they have big guys on the offensive line but they're a little more mobile and athletic and they they do things that are a little closer to what Georgia is doing now in terms of offensive line run block scheme just in the sense that they want to get guys moving they want to have guys climb into the second level Uh, you know they're they're getting out on the perimeter they've got lead blockers that are paving the way but like You know, a lot of the uh, jet sweep stuff that we were talking about a few minutes ago, like, it's very Cheney-esque. It looks really smart when it works. And then, you know, sometimes you run it on, like, fourth and one and you get stuffed and it doesn't look as smart. But, like, I think for Michigan, the tough thing is they haven't seen a defense like Georgia's. Uh, And, I mean, you know, in fairness to them, there's not many defenses out there like Georgia's. And I think what – you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing necessarily. Like I will say that the the offense that probably reminds me the most of Michigan that Georgia's faced this year from a scheme standpoint and even somewhat a personnel standpoint is Kentucky. Um, and, you know, I, I think that you go back and watch that game and you saw some of those guards and tackles trying to pull for Kentucky to, you know, come off the snap and the left tackle or left guard was – You know, the plan was for him to come around the right side and create a numbers advantage in the blocking scheme. But uh, Devontae Wyatt or Jordan Davis or whoever it was lined up on the D-line was just knocking those guys off the ball before they could ever, like, properly pull. So I do think that that is a a scenario that's very much, you know, in the cards for for Friday night. Like, I think that there is a chance that Georgia could do some things on the defensive line that just kind of, like, blows up a lot of the the bread and butter run schemes that Michigan has and they they do are forced to go to like a little more just kind of straight zone blocking where it's hey let's try and block the guy in front of us and hopes this works well but Georgia's inside linebackers and particularly like Quay Walker um, they have been so good this year at scraping you know kind of like hiding behind those those D tackles and D ends and then scraping and filling filling into the hole and fighting off lead blockers and, you know, when they're, they're facing like power and counter and stuff like that. And so I think that's going to be a lot of this game. Truthfully, man, like this game, uh, you know, as much as we're talking about offense and all that, like this game may just simply come down to, you know, how much push can Georgia get in the middle and how well can the Dean, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, uh, come in like scrape and kind of fill fill in those gaps and and stop those running backs Uh, and then a lot of it I think is tackling as well man like uh, Haskins I think 798 of his 1,288 yards this year have come after contact so Georgia needs to be a sound tackling football team, which has been a big part of their identity under Kirby smart. Um, You know, I think the two of the years he's been at Georgia, they've had the least percentage of missed tackles of anyone in college football. But yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. I think it just is. But like, I do think that if you're a Georgia fan and you're drawing up, you know, what you want to face in an offense, a, a team whose identity is very much focused on
1: running the ball and running the ball up the middle, uh, Matches up pretty I, well. I want to just put a little caveat, a little star by that, t- comparing it to the 2017 Georgia because Georgia ran the ball like 65% of the time in 2017, had 3,800 yards rushing um, because they didn't need to pass the ball with that kind of rushing. And they had a, in 2017, they had a net 2.0 yards per play. And Michigan's good at 1.8, but they're still running the ball 40, 40 uh, uh, 60% of the time. So it's not close to what georgia was doing and not near as good a rushing attack as what georgia brought in in 2017 so i don't i, I think it was schematically comparing and not production but I, this is not the 2017 georgia offense that we're facing in terms of, of production and efficiency it's a good offense and a really good rushing offense the best you know you know one of the best rushing uh, offenses in the country but georgia actually averages yard, more yards per carry when you factor out sacks you take away sacks and i moved my sacks from uh, away from rushing into passing stats and georgia's actually got a 5.7 to 5.5 5, uh yards per carry advantage over uh over michigan so um that gives me i'm just like talking out loud it's like i feel a little better it's like we're not I mean, obviously we're not facing sony and, and nick but um you know this this is a this is a rushing attack that's really good but it can be contained especially when you've got jordan davis devonta wyatt jalen carter and and these guys that are gonna they're gonna stop. I think we're gonna eat. Uh, we're gonna eat on the rushing uh, plays, in my opinion.
8: Cool, awesome. Yeah, thank you both for your perspective. I'll leave you with more of a funny question, and then I'll I'll, I'll go on mute. Uh, it, I know you guys do do your picks, etc. But if you were to be setting a prop bet over underline for how many trick plays Michigan r- will run in this game, what do you, what would you set it at? Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, uh, I
1: feel like I, I'm on my Got a podcast. Finally, I got an invite. I got the, the go. over. over <laughs> under. Uh, I would set it at two and a half, and I would take uh, take the under.
0: I would set it at two and a half as well, but I take the over. I mean, I guess it depends on like what you truly define as a trick play, um, you know. But I think we're gonna see like you know some some kind of throwback action and some. Like I, maybe an end around pass or something like that. Um, I don't think
1: they do trick plays when you're down or when it's really, really that close. I mean, uh, over three. I mean, they're they going to do it. They're not opposed to doing it, but that's something you do when you're up 10, up for, uh, up 13 early in the game. I, I think this game's going to be too close. I think Harbaugh and, and there's going to be a lot of punts. I feel like there's going to be. I, 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 okay, how about this over under? Uh, trick plays <laughs> to fourth down attempts. Which, which are you going to take more of? Uh, for Michigan
0: Ooh. or for both teams?
1: How about, you know, both? Who who's gonna have like all right, so, I mean so I'd over under two and a half, fourth down attempts or 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 uh trick plays from both teams?
0: I think you'll see more fourth down attempts, particularly like for Michigan, uh, just because I think a lot of what they have to do uh in this game is score from far away. And Georgia has been very good. Like, you know, they they've been very good at not giving up explosive plays, but even when they have given up explosive plays, they've been Really, really, really good at making that tackle on the the 15 or the 10-yard line that keeps the guy from, you know, scoring a 60-yard touchdown and then holding teams to field goals. And I don't think Michigan can win this game with field goals. I, I'm more bullish on Georgia's offense in this game than I think probably a lot of people are. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think that Michigan can just, like, you know, win this game scoring 12 points or something like that.
8: I'll say I'm, I'm hopeful that Georgia hits the under on both of those, and I'll sign off with that. Good dogs, thanks, guys. Good dogs. All right, thanks, Jim. Um,
0: we've got Father John Misty, and then uh, TCA
1: coming in. I'm assuming that's him. not the the Father John Misty, but it's pretty exciting if it is. We should be so lucky. Um, Father John, what's up, man?
9: Getting
1: He's in. connecting her. Give him a second. John. Yeah, he's I can see him he's his little uh spinning wheel. Why don't we jump why don't we put on the hold and go to, go to the next guy and come back to Father John? Cool.
0: Uh TCA, I'm gonna bring you in here. So whenever you get in, fire away.
3: All right, there he is. What's up, TCA? Sure you can hear me for I continue. Yep, we can come on egg and ask the quarterback question. Uh uh, Graham, I just want to know if you've heard anything more about, you know, JT in practice today. And my thing is, is there is there a realistic scenario to where they actually pull the plug on Stetson? Like if it's let's say it's three to nothing in the second quarter and the offense is struggling. Do you do you really feel like there there is an actual chance that Kirby will actually pull the plug if it's not working? Uh, Yeah, I do. Um,
0: yeah,
3: I, I I'm shaking like my
0: head
1: you're shaking your head no or yes yes absolutely if yeah, it's three I, nothing if there's three nothing and we've got you know a couple three and outs yeah I mean I think three and outs are what are going to be critical you know if there's back-to-back three and outs we had what three or four in the second half and that kind of kept you know we we our defense kept us you know outside the first drive in the second half you know they were getting stops but we could not convert and there were a lot of three and outs I think three and outs are, are what I don't can get think him pulled.
0: that many three and outs I think there was, you know,
1: more like, you know, uh,
0: stall out, but maybe get a first down or two, but that's kind of, I mean, like my opinion on it is you don't give JT Daniels, uh, significant reps in practice two days before a playoff game with the first team. If you don't feel like you need to have him ready for a certain reason. Uh, I do think, you know, the main reason why I put out the original tweet that I did on Monday just for clarification's sake is that like I have sat here and said for a long time that what everyone was telling me was that JT, you know, wasn't really in the fold. He wasn't getting significant reps even on weeks when Georgia were, you know, playing Missouri and teams that they knew they were going to beat by a lot. So I felt like the chances of us seeing him again this year were, were pretty minimal. And then, you know, I was basically told that that something had changed in that regard. So I do think that, If Stetson is struggling, um, you're going to see him. You know, I I think especially, like, there is, I guess, a scenario where if the offensive line is struggling really bad, then maybe there's, like, we, you know, a a situation where the staff feels like they they need Bennett's mobility to extend plays. But, like, JT is not immobile. There was the play he made against Mississippi State last year where he spins off a defender and – jukes another one and then throws a 40 yard dime down the field to Pickens in the end zone. So I I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. Um, But yeah, I do. I think that if Georgia is, you know, nine minutes left in the second quarter and the offense is sputtering and the timing is not there with receivers and passes are inaccurate that you're going to see Daniels come in. And I also like, I, I do think, you know, it is, within the realm of possibility for sure um, that you may see Daniels in some, you know, kind of limited packages either way. I think that that's, that's definitely a scenario that that's possible too, that you may, you know, see him come in and and take some snaps in certain situations or, or take a drive in a certain situation just because Georgia feels like it, it gives them an edge and a change of pace and, Allows them to do some different things
1: offensively. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it, you, Graham. You 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 were more right than I was for sure. We had one. We had back to back three and outs. Uh, we had three in a row there in the in the second quarter, which is what I was kind of thinking of. Yeah, uh, and and then we had a yeah, kneel down from Cook, and then we had a long drive to start, and then we and then we only had one more three and outs. We had five three and outs, or, or five or five Four. short short. Con- uh, uh, Um, Possessions there, but yeah, I mean, again, I I do think that, yeah, if it's if it's three and zero, if it's three nothing or down three, and it's you know we're not doing something on offense, I agree. I think he's going to come in. I mean, all things, let's just assume he's healthy and ready to go. I I do think that they'll pull the plug. I I think, yeah, you know, it's you got to, you know, every so many of these quarterbacks, and you know, outside of you know the the college football playoff teams, uh, change quarterbacks. There was a lot of quarterback changes, and and. And I, 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 I'm, you know, you know where I stand on it. So, but you know, hopefully we don't have to, Ho- hopefully comes in and just get some, some, some reps, some meaningful reps, but, and we don't need to make that change, but I do think we're going to see. Him. Yeah.
0: And I think the last thing I'll say, uh, you know, even like Georgia's George's coaching staff knows probably better than anybody, what they have from a skill position standpoint, like this team is not, you know, 2017 or 2018 or 2019 Georgia, where it's like you've got a jump ball guy on the outside and, you know, some, some possession receivers, but like that, you know, there's not really like game breakers. It's like, there's game breakers at tight ends. There's, there's game breakers in the slot. There's game breakers on the boundary. Like there are too many good skill guys on this team for Georgia to, to find themselves in this game and find this game be, close or find themselves behind this game and, you know, not, not make a change, not try and do something different. If the problem is, is, you know, coming from the quarterback position. I also think it's possible Stetson Bennett, you know, comes out hot and, and that's that, right. Like, you know, and I think that'd be a great scenario for everybody, but I think that you're not going to see him, you know, sputter around and have a bad, 15 20 minutes of play, and they're just going to continue riding him like like they were at certain points this year. That's, I think, the, the
1: status has sort of changed there. I think, I think we lost Father John, but I'm going to bring in uh Rally Dog. Uh, no, Rally Dog. Oh,
0: wait, let's see if TCA. Um, oh, T- oh yeah, TCA, are you here? Do you want to ask anything?
3: I think just simple yes or no, and I'll hang up. Do we see JT on Friday? Thank you guys.
1: Oh man. Thank you TCA. Uh, yes. Yeah. You you I, oh man. I mean, somebody's got to warm up Stetson? <laughs> um Yeah, we're going to see. I it, think man. there's
0: so many variables that are that are at play there that will determine whether or not that happens. Um that, Yeah, yeah like, we know I, the
1: variables. Come on, give us your give us your hot take. I mean, we're an hour into this. I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh
1: I think that at this point, I
0: think that, yeah, I guess you, uh, I, I would, you know, gun to my head. I have to make a decision. I'll say yes.
1: All right. Here comes Rally Dog. And let's do the – I'm trying to connect these up so that they we can jump in and not – there we We're go. R-
0: Rally Dog, are you from Rally proper?
1: Uh, he's still connecting. Come on, Rally. We got this. Hold your phone up high. Get that your Wi-Fi. Get that Wi-Fi. Your Wi-Fi can do it. Your, oh, your Wi-Fi is not elite. Stay all right, Rally, stay on. We're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go Josh Kiz, Kinsey right here. Let's see if we can get one of these guys connecting. Spinning wheels of death. There we go,
0: Josh. What's hey, what's here? up, guys? Two part question here. So one player of the game for Georgia after the victory, obviously Friday. And two, unsung guy, unsuspected guy. That plays well. While you're thinking of your answer, mine
1: are pretty obvious. Nakobe Dean is going to get a pick, a force fumble, a sack. He just—it's just what he does. Going to be a top ten pick next year. And then for the unsung
0: guy, how about Kiaris making a big play downfield or breaking one or having a big catch?
1: Anyway, appreciate it, guys. I like it, Josh. You can go first. Um, I would love to see Kieris, um do something special in the return game. Um, and I think he's going to be the guy back there returning punts. And I, like I, I've alluded to, I think this game's going to be played pretty conservatively on these conversions, and and they're going to. I think Harbaugh and, and Kirby are going to um, do play a field position game. So Georgia has has won the field position battle, I believe, in most of their games. I think they may have even won it against Alabama. Um, and that's and that's not from a lot of big returns. So I think Kiris wants to make plays. He's and I would I like that. Uh, sort of, kind of, but you know, you're talking about a big play downfield in the wide re- in the slot or, or, or wide receiver. But I like him in the return game, so I like that a lot. Um, my unsung guy—I don't know if you call him unsung—but I, I think Zamir has been sort of the forgotten piece. He's a leader on the offense. He's been there. This is his year. He is. I, I think that this game is going to be a lot of two tight end sets and and a lot of running from Georgia. And I think that Zamir could have a game of his career. Um maybe not in terms of total yardage or touchdowns, but I think the the offense is going gonna to be significantly run through him. So I, I like Zamir and I think I may even made that similar predict um, take last night.
0: Yeah, I, I agree that this definitely feels like a Zamir type game. Um a lot in the same sense that sort of Clemson was. Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember his wonderful Instagram post after the Clemson game. That It was a picture of him uh, running over one of their linebackers, I believe, uh, on that final third down conversion. And the caption was, if I wanted to play with some children, I would have had my own. So I expect him to be ready for like physical smash mouth type football. Um, I think you're going to see him get a lot of touches but uh you know i think he's gonna be kind of more that workhorse guy that gets you five yards um i think mvp for me is gonna be james cook just looking at uh the running backs that have had success against this defense this year his game is very similar to a lot of them and he does uh, a great job just in terms of like getting to that second getting through the line of scrimmage and then bouncing things outside and i think that's probably the, the best course of action to take if you want to take advantage of this Michigan defense. So that's that's kind of, you know, I think that's your offensive MVP. I also, though, like, I, I think this is a game where uh, Kenny Mack might might do something special. Like, you may see him on a wheel route uh, that, that busts for a big play or something along those lines. Unsung hero, um, or I guess, like, you know, kind of underdog guy, I'll give you a couple. Uh, One, I think is lad McConkey. Um, I think he has the agility that you kind of want in this game where, you know, if you're in a situation where you are under some pressure and Michigan is, is able to speed up the clock a little bit pass rush wise. He is a guy that can get open in a phone booth. Um, He's just, he's quick and he's able to make those quick routes and small cuts. And then, Defensive side of the ball, I think that uh, we're going to see, you know, I think we're going to see Bernie back in the fold doing, doing some good things I, and I think that his his ability and run support could be a big deal in this game. And then I'm also going to go with, uh, like, I don't know who it's going to be. Um, I, I've speculated that it might be, like, Dumas Johnson, that we may see him come in and take some edge snaps and help Beal out a little bit. But I think that we're going to see uh, somebody kind of come in that may be a little unexpected. Maybe it's it's even Tyndall and Dean and Walker rotating off that edge uh, opposite of Nolan Smith and creating some pressure and getting some sacks and type that type of deal. Because I think that Georgia learned against Alabama that Beal is a good player, but he's not a guy that you want taking you know fifty or sixty snaps in a game. You you need to spell him a little bit more, help him out a little bit, and uh, he's just not as great at setting edges as as you need him to be at times and, and keeping contained. McNamara is fleet enough at foot to to make you pay. So that's my
1: take. Yeah, Rally Dog was trying to get back in here, but uh, Rise Up had a had
10: jumped in here with her quest. Rise Up, what you got? Yeah, I guess this is more about miskin Do you think miskin looks at that? the film from the SEC championship game and see the issues that we had at the star position and on the back end and the safety, do you think they'll try to change what they've done all season, which is mostly run the ball and really try to attack us on the back end? Uh,
1: No, I don't, I don't think they, they, they will definitely attack downfield. I don't think that they are going to be able to do that as well as Alabama did. Yeah. Um, we were, you know, William Poole got his first start there. I, just, Graham was just talking about, you know, we're going to be back to, you know, a Brini situation back there. Kristen Smith's going to be getting healthy, so I, I, I think that they know that that was kind of a, a fluke game uh, defensively, especially in the secondary. But they're going to attack. They're going to make sure that we can defend it. But number one, I don't. They're not going to go back to it because they don't have the skill position players or, or. The, or the offense Like you talked about it, You said it You know This is what they They're going to do What they did all season Which is going to be Run the ball Short passes uh, Not short passes But you know Passes over the middle they're, They don't have the uh, The offense And personnel to attack Like Alabama did And we're not going to perform In my opinion uh, As poorly as we did In the Alabama game
0: Yeah I, I mean I agree With everything you said Josh I think they will try Because Like if you're An offensive coordinator And you're trying to figure out How to attack Georgia Like what what else have you seen this year that you feel like, oh, well, this is this is something that's been proven to work. So you got to try it. It's just Michigan doesn't have the athletes that Alabama did to take advantage of. And, and, you know, I've I've shared pool stats in that game, nine receptions given up on 11 targets for 164 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that was a killer. But I will say, when Georgia changed out of some of those zone-heavy schemes and in the second half had him come up and play more press coverage, uh, you know, he w- he was able to do some things. So I-, I still think we'll see him on the field at times. But Michigan doesn't have, uh, you know, a 4-2 guy. They don't have a Williams. They don't even have a Mechie at wide receiver on this roster. So I-, I think that, you know, if Dan Jackson is on the field at times, I wouldn't be super worried about it from a Georgia standpoint.
1: I think that, you know, they'll be fine. Um, so, yeah. Rise up, what do you think? Do you think that that's going to be a weakness that's going to haunt us some more, or do you think they're going to get that cleaned up? You're muted if they're – I don't know. Can I see if you're – yeah, you might have muted yourself. Got they something don't else. have the horses. They don't have the horses
10: like yeah. Alabama. It's not even close. No, I I, I don't think so. I mean – I mean, Yeah, you know, I think if like, you look at that from the run perspective, I feel pretty good about our chances with stopping the run, even in that Alabama game. The reason why we were still somewhat in the game, even in the fourth quarter, they could not run the ball on us. And so if you look at a traditional Nick Saban team being able to run the ball and put the game away, as bad as we played on defense, they could not run the ball on Georgia. So I think we match up well. I mean, we all know football is about a game of matchups. You can never look at one team and say, well, this team beat that team and we should beat that team. It's all about matchups. So I think we really match up well with Michigan. In terms of what they want to do and what we do, I just don't see to running the ball up front with Jordan Davis there, and and as bad as we played with Alabama, we still uh, did not have any issues stopping the run. That's absolutely right. Thank you. Thank you. Rise up. Uh, I think I, I don't.
1: Do we do we are at a request. Anybody wants to jump in here? We would, yeah. Um, Somebody wants some more to time.
0: jump in or if Sarah, I see you in here. If you want, we see you, Sarah. Can't you
1: can't lurk this long. Yeah.
0: lurkers yeah. linger lurkers linger. lurkers lurkers all
1: right well we'll uh wrap it up and we've been on here an hour this has been fun this is my first chance to uh, be a co-host on this graham always like riding shotgun with you buddy um yeah, too, man. It, Thanks it, did you uh we, we may have talked about it but maybe somebody joined in late what are you uh, all right we got a request but let's wrap it up um I want well, to hear what if you, you need to go i'll, I'll, no, I'll no 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 i don't need to go here. i could sit here all night i can sit here all yeah, night yeah, yeah. i just i'm not in any I, rush um yeah, we got, we're uh, going to add Scott uh, Green. Here comes yeah, Scott.
0: We, Scott and then Mac.
1: Waiting on the spinning. There we go. My, uh, you're, you're muted, Scott. There you are. What's hey up, Hey, guys.
0: Uh, I just wanted to reach out and ask about how Bama
6: used a lot of catch technique on when we started sending pressure. Do you think with Michigan's stout offensive line, they can kind of mimic that thing? Or do you think the pressure Georgia sends this game will be a lot more crisp and a lot more effective? Especially utilizing those fast guys like
0: Dean Tindall on the edge? I mean, so I, no, I don't like, I don't know that it's necessarily something they can mimic. Um, I'm not sure that it's something they can't. I just, I think that's one of those things that's kind of hard to know until we get in the game and see how those things start playing out. Like the thing that I would sort of push back on, and, and I mean, like, this is something that, like, I've, probably been wrong about and and spoken about as well um, is I think Georgia got pressure at times more so on Alabama than a lot of people realize they didn't convert those pressures into sacks but if you go back and look at that game like when Georgia brought more than four uh, it got Bryce Young throwing off his back foot it spread it sped his clock up a little bit like I think you know when he was blitzed in that game he was six of 20 passing um when he wasn't, he was like, you know, some some ridiculous numbers. So I do think that, you know, Georgia will will bring heat at times. It's just I don't know that they'll have to always. Um, I think a lot of it is dependent on, you know, I, I think that like Michigan is is pretty stout at right tackle. I don't think they're that great at left tackle. Um, I think this is a game where like when people chant SEC, SEC, SEC. You know what, what they might as well be saying is like D line play, D line play, D line play. Uh, and
1: you know, I I, I, you just remember how good the D line and the front three has looked against Kentucky and Arkansas. I think that's the kind of production we can see, uh, uh, Friday night out of of those guys. So, I mean, exactly to that point. Uh, let's you want to bring in Thickens, my man, yeah, yeah. I mean, the
0: last thing I'll say is you can't, uh, you cannot you can't simulate or you can't fake do or die situations and Georgia in that Alabama game, they, they did not play with the same amount of urgency as Alabama. Um, they played like a team that could afford a mulligan. And I don't think you will see that like by all accounts, they are locked in. And I think this defense is, is kind of pissed off and wants to to prove that they are as good as, as we all thought they were before that Alabama game.
2: Well, I appreciate you guys answering the question. That That sounds good to me. I hope sure hope they play pissed off
0: absolutely thanks for jumping in scott appreciate you i'm pissed off I'm all still right Dickens,
9: what's happening dude what's up boys what's up george uh you know first time caller long time listener i always wanted to say that all right so i got something <laughs> here
1: i've always wanted to hear it to
9: be honest <laughs> hell, hell yeah all right so here's my thing with Stet. right Stet loves to turn his hips get outside extend the play run on his wheels right so with those two big ass boys that got on the end there you know with a jobo and Aiden hutchinson if michigan can you know get any pressure up the middle which causes stent to peel out and run you got two defensive ends that want to take his head off every single time he gets outside the tackle box you know like what is our game plan there if they generate any pass rush with you know Middle linebacker, defensive tackle. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know nothing about their defensive front like that, but that's what y'all are here for.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I their, their middle linebackers, like the, the middle of their defense doesn't concern me very much. Um, you know, they, could they bring like a, you know, a corner blitz from the short side and catch Georgia? Yeah. But like that's not something you can do really consistently, right? Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble and uh, they're going to, th- Georgia's going to throw into that blitz. But, Like, I think with the the, the dangerous thing against this Michigan team, like, if you go back and watch that Iowa game uh, in the Big Ten Championship, like, Iowa moved the ball down the field pretty well at times, and early in that game, they did a lot of rolling the pocket with their quarterback, and then Michigan adjusted and added an extra guy to the edge uh to to the quarterback's right side because he was a righty and he kept rolling to his right and they just started like smashing that up. So I think if you're Georgia, you got to be careful not to to fall into any sort of like obvious pattern that that they can adjust to like that. But Stetson's faster than people think. I mean, you know, I, I haven't seen anyone put like a a clean hit on him all year. Um so I, I think like if if they're you know flushing him from one edge then you got to hope that, that Georgia is blocking the other edge. Um, you know, I, I think that, like, this is the type of game where he may get sacked at some point, but, like, I don't see – you know, I, I see what's, what would be more likely is, like, he gets flushed from the pocket and runs outside the tackle box and throws the ball
9: away or gets back right. to the line of scrimmage, that kind of thing. Um, but if that yeah. happens, you know, time and time again, Step yeah. likes to run, Ste likes to use his wheels – I think, unfortunately, they like Stett doing that, too, and it plays into their hands.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you start seeing them really, really, like, crashing from that edge, I think you'll see uh, draws, screens, little swing passes to Cook over the top of their heads. Michigan State and Ohio State both did that successfully multiple times in those games. Uh, And I also think that you will see, like, maybe even you know georgia still hasn't pulled out a quarterback draw with stetson all year and i think this would be the time to do it because
1: those two yeah tackles Alex, that are the i like that i think that's stetson, i think stetson's going to show him some runs early i was just looking at it. i believe off the top of my head that total pressures for michigan were 225 or something like that and hutchinson had 73 of them ajabu had 41 the d-line and edge rushers have 197 of those 25 so it doesn't sound like to me that a lot of the the linebackers are, are crashing in and getting quarterback pressure. To, uh, maybe that adds to answering that question a little bit. I see 100%. Does that does that answer your question? I think so, George. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, buddy. And I appreciate all the love you give me on Twitter, man. Good, yeah, thanks for 60%. it. Uh, I believe we got Sarah who's in the car.
5: Yes, I am in the car.
1: Hey Sarah, what's up? Uh, are you bring in all your followers? Come on now.
5: Oh, is it? <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm good for to you too. Just, just, just. That's not true. <laughs> mindless fault. No, sorry, I am a uh, you know a good 45 minutes late, but better late than never. But one comment I was gonna say, and I don't know if you guys have already gone over this, but just bringing up what you're talking about uh, with their D line, um, one advantage that Stetson has that I don't think a lot of people talk about is that he plays our defense uh, during the week and Michigan, although they have good players, I mean, Adrian is, is a good player. They, their defense for the most part is kind of straight is straightforward. I mean, they, they depend, their defensive line depends on winning, uh, matchup to matchup. Whereas Georgia is very different. Um, obviously we can win physically, but also we have a lot of very complicated stunts, um, and things of that nature. Um, that Michigan just doesn't do that. I mean, they they simply just beat Ohio State's offensive line. Um, so, you know, and as easy as that sounds, for a guy like Stetson, who I'm not, I mean, love the guy, but, you know, we I don't think you have to worry as much, too, about sort of the disguise or whether they're going to be doing any kind of stunt on the line. That's not really how they play. I don't think that that's going to be different um, this time around either. not going to change that from now. They just line up and try to beat you, um, and, you know, guy to guy, which I actually think will help Stetson, um, in that situation. And that is definitely, uh, easier than how Alabama plays. So, I mean, I think they have good guys, but I think that their scheme is like, uh, simple enough that I think that it will help, um, in those situations sort of detecting pressure that we, that was better or well hidden by Alabama. So
0: I think that was very well put. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, do you have what other? I know you are just joining in, uh, but like, any other thoughts you have about this matchup or keys I mean, or things you've
5: I'm still you missed? on rehab, mend for the whole. You know, I'm. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> still, uh, I've just now rejoined the world football world, but um, and COVID wise. But you know, I mean, I don't think I, I think that we we. They are a good team to match against us. I think offensively, um, they're a very good team to match against us. They're the kind of team that we are kind of built to beat. Um, I think that, and also not only that, I think the talent gap, um, you know, I think is is going to be pretty significant. Uh, I think that's going to show. I think it's going to be one of those games where we're you know we're stressed because it's us, but then. I think the talent gap, and physicality, by the fourth quarter will be um, enough to. That that's when the stars, as as it were, might show up a lot more. Um, I don't think that they can hang with us for four quarters. In a very no, I,
0: to- I agree with that. I mean, I like. I know if there's a Michigan person in here, you're going to get really pissed off when I say this, but. But also, uh, are you this, in? This, so. <laughs> this the team that I, I like most see when I watch Michigan tape is Kentucky. Like this this team reminds me a yeah. ton of Kentucky offensively. Um and I, I think that's a good thing for Georgia. Uh Sarah, are you willing to stay on with us and take some questions?
5: Um sure. I have like ten more minutes. Sorry, I am driving, but No, you're good.
0: Uh just I'm I mean, happy to. whenever you need to bump off, do your thing. But let's bring in uh looks like Josh brought in Craig, so fire away, Craig.
4: Mistake. <laughs> I'm kidding. What's up? What's up, guys? Um So, I haven't played organized football in well over 15 years, Um, and you're always hearing, like, you know, and plays against Georgia's defensive line. But when I played football, again, over a decade and a half ago, the starting quarterback's going against the scout team. So, I'm wondering if there's, like – you know, I have no idea how Kirby structures practice. I don't know how Rick structured practice – for um as far as that goes but
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i think it depends on the the day of the week like i i know that you know traditionally you will see the first team defense go against a scout team offense more so just because like you know defense doesn't vary a ton across college football like that most teams that have similar looks. They're either 3-4 or they're 4-3 and they run man or they run zone, you know? So it's like, I do think that it's a valid point and I I don't have like a a definitive answer for it, but I will say that I know, you know, I know it to be factual that over the 25 days between the Alabama game and this Michigan game that Georgia did do a lot of good on good in practice, so to speak, and then, you know, moved into like Michigan install game week type protocols uh, you know, seven, eight days ago. So I, I think that Stetson has played against Georgia's first team defense plenty, but I don't know how regularly that happens.
5: So I, I, they actually do. um They play them at least once a week, every Tuesday. I can't remember if it's Tuesday or Thursdays is what Kirby calls best on best. Um, So the first teams do play each other Um, in terms of they'll do sort of like simulated uh, schemes. And that's what basically he calls it best on best. Um, and they run like very fast through, through different, uh, plays. Also, I think, you know, in terms of, uh, and that was kind of my point too, of like what the advantage of playing Georgia's defense, actually, I don't know necessarily, obviously the best players is the, you know, is obviously helpful, but in terms of, I think there's an advantage in playing our scheme and the scout team is still going to be playing, um, they're still going to be doing landing and, and Kirby's scheme, um, which is much more complicated than Michigan's uh, across the board. So um, I do think that is helpful, at least, um, that we have very, we're very good at disguising pressures. Um, and I think that that would be the same for the first – although, you know, Craig Green points, like the first-team first players are going to be harder to play against, but the scheme-wise and the way that we pressure, um, at the very least, um, it is the same. But they do play best-on-best best at least once a week so
4: okay that makes sense I, I mean i i'm sure there's a difference when you got that what is it the black jersey where you can't get hit just mentally yeah they're not
5: sacking yeah for sure they're not sacking him but in terms of you know at least picking up picking up blitzes and schemes they they do that at least once a week so.
4: sure hey have you y'all i'm sure you already talked about this have y'all talked about the michigan safety and what the deal is with that guy does anybody know anything about that
0: With Dax Hill, yeah, it sounds like he was in some sort of COVID protocol, but uh, he's going to play in the game. I think that uh, he was arriving in Miami today maybe. Um, So I expect him to be out there, and, I mean, he's he's a very good player. He'll be in the NFL in, you know, a a number of months, right? But uh, watching him on tape, I do think that, you know, Georgia can do some things in the slot. Like he is – I think he's more an asset for Michigan against the run game than – the, the pass game necessarily. Uh, so I I don't know that it changes how you attack them dramatically, whether he's on the field or not, if that makes sense.
4: He's like a Dan Jackson, you're saying.
0: <laughs> <He's a> little... <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. come on I'll hit you. <laughs> ah, now listen, I know
4: yeah. I get on Dan, like he's – I mean, he's a liability in pass coverage against, like, you know, really – like the elite, against Jameson or no. Mechie, which was the I think he got matched up against him somehow. So like, no, no disrespect to the guy, but I gotta give him credit. Like he, like when I saw him against Clemson, I was like, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know why he's out here. I know the roster pretty well, and I was like, who is this guy? And I'm a little worried, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, all I knew about him was that Darnell had trucked him in the spring game. On that's that, right.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's so that's that the uh, that's the only reason I was like, why is this guy out here? And granted, uh, you or I or anyone in this group could have played uh, probably 90% of the, the game for Georgia at safety against Clemson because you're basically just standing back there and watching the the defensive front wreck of their offense. But he will come up and hit you. I mean, he has he earned my respect as a guy who, like, can come up and, you know, I, I don't think he's going to, like, truck – somebody you know like an nfl running back but uh, he has gained my respect as a guy who will come up and hit you and, and will bring them down so
0: yeah but no he plays hard for sure yeah um craig if you don't have any other questions then we're gonna uh we got a few more yeah jump to, off. To, yeah, to yeah i'll jump
4: here. off appreciate it
0: thank you so much for engaging with our stuff and uh i, always, I do want to say there's a bunch of
4: chodes on another chat that i ain't jumping on because they rank fake players so I'm I'm rocking with you guys.
5: <laughs> well, we appreciate. Yeah, that.
4: I can't stand those guys, and they're all <laughs> muted. So, but uh,
5: yeah, oh,
4: appreciate it. Go, well, go, dogs. Go, go, dogs. dogs.
1: I'm trying to bring in Mac here. Let's see if he can get connected. Um, I'm gonna punch in, bring in uh, Kyle Kinsey. I think he was trying to get on earlier. Let's see which one can get in here first, Kyle. We lost Mac. Kyle is uh
0: Kyle, here we go. Hey
10: guys, I uh, just cleared
7: COVID protocol to ask my question. First time spacer, first time caller. Uh let's <laughs>
1: Bravo. Well you know, said good
7: good teams win, great teams cover. Do we cover the seven and a
0: half Friday? I got I got kids to feed.
1: Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: One hundred percent yes.
1: Uh one hundred percent
0: yes. All right. I'll defer to the 100% because I'm not 100%. I mean, but, maybe maybe 95% yes, but I feel I feel very good about it. I bet my own money on it if that helps.
5: No, that does not help. I, I want
0: to see – I'm sorry. Actually, I'm sorry. Which, I'm sorry. Which one of my co-hosts uh, is, is hitting 60% winners this year?
1: I'll hang up and listen.
5: <laughs> uh, well, oh,
1: you've I only got bet. one. <laughs> no, I, 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 I do – But I
5: also, I, I also agree with Brandon. Okay. There you Okay,
1: There you go. Beautiful. Uh, one thing I do am interested in was that Ohio State game was right at the same number we are, maybe even eight, uh, and it closed at six and a half. And and, and I want to see if there's any dramatic closing line, sharp movement on this game. Uh, it's been hovering between seven and a half, eight, seven, something like that. I don't think it's been at eight very much, but I am very interested to see this game close because um, I think that tells you what where, even where, you know, the market's. Are pretty sharp and I don't I think and, and the sharp betters are waiting for all this, this COVID stuff to, to shake out till the very last minute. So closing line value will tell you a lot about what the betters think. Yeah, if it gets down to six and a half. Oh hammer it. Hitting it hard. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Thank you, Kyle. That was a good question, quick and easy. And we'll see if we can bring in Mac. Let's give Mac – I think sometimes if I try to bring in two people, sometimes it bumps one of on them, but there yeah, is Mac. Yeah, I'm here. Come on in, buddy. What you got?
7: Hey, sorry, I uh, joined late. Not sure if you already talked about this, but, um, you know, George Pickens, he was in the COVID protocol. How big of a role do you think he plays uh, on Friday?
0: I think it's significant. Um, You know, I, I don't feel, like, confident enough to be like, oh, he's going to play, you know. X percentage or X number of snaps, but I do know that he's been taking the the majority of the the first team reps in the weeks leading up to this game, uh, in that's you know, in that that receiver spot that we've seen Ad Mitchell in more often than not this year. So I think that you will see a, a pretty significant amount of them. Um, you know, he was only on the field for twelve plays against Alabama and was targeted four times. So like. I think if Georgia can get them out there on the field for 30 or 40 plays, it it benefits them tremendously just because it does change how you have to defend them. Um, and, you know, I do think
1: that these are the type
0: of corners that you want to throw those 50-50 balls against, and he's the type of receiver you want to be throwing them to.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's close to healthy and, and can bring in, you know, even 60 or 70 percent of the routes he ran for us last year, that just makes Bowers and, and Darnell that much – more you know, that much harder to defend, you know, because I do think we're going to see a lot of Bowers and Washington on the field at the same time, because I do think they're going to run the ball, but those guys are, are not liabilities in run block or pass block. So having Pickens Burton or Pickens and Karras out there, it really is. It could be a game changer. So I'm hoping we do see him a bunch.
5: I uh, hate to agree with the two of you. That always pains me. But I do think we will see him out there a lot. I don't think... You
1: know, we can hear you when you say that. You're, you know, I know.
5: You're- well, I say it when you can't hear me, too. But I don't think that him being in COVID protocol yeah. uh, will that much. Um, he's not the kind of player... He- that's what's so great about him is that uh, he's not the kind of player that needs a million reps in practice to be able to... Also, like, I was saying, like literally have him on the field. I think he's going to get a lot more reps uh the Alabama game I mean excuse me your receptions um but having him on the field um you can't not account for George Pickens um and Michigan doesn't have the same kind of speed so that's going to help everybody on the field offensively even if he is just running routes um because Stetson will will gas you if he can and with George Pickens yeah. up definitely help him so
1: All right. MK's got a question for us. Thanks for joining us, man.
5: man. Uh, I'm a Michigan
11: fan, just to throw that out there. But uh, I'm pretty curious with like, with regard to Jetson Bennett, from what I can tell, and obviously from watching Michigan, as much as I have this year, like the the biggest way to gash us is going to be by having a quarterback that will run the ball uh, and, you know, cause us to have to spot him throughout the game. So, I honestly think that Stetson's probably the best shot that Georgia has of the two quarterbacks. I know that sounds odd, but I, I'm kind of curious to hear like, why do people at least by Georgia fans have such a uh, gripe against Stetson? Oh
1: man, that's a loaded question.
0: Uh, I love well, it no, well,
1: it's a good question.
0: Yeah, yeah, first of all, I, I think you're you know, I think you're right. Um, if you you know, if you were somebody that didn't watch a ton of Georgia football this year, and just watch that Alabama game, you might kind of be like, he's not really a, a willing runner, but uh in really every other game he played this year, like he was very, you know, very good about taking the opportunities to to take off for seven or eight yards when he, when he had them much like a lot, like a Kate McNamara, you know, I see a lot of the same things from, from him. When I, when I go back and watch Michigan tape, like he's not a, a world-class speed guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he'll recognize when there's 15 yards for him to go and get and scamper out of bounds and protect himself. And he's very savvy at doing it. And Stetson has some of that same DNA um, a lot. Like, I, you know, I, Josh and Sarah will have their own answers to this, but I think a lot of the, the drama for lack of a better term around uh, Stetson is the fact that, you know, he's, a, he's a walk-on. You know, he's 5'10". Like, he's not physically the guy that you would imagine quarterbacking a team full of five-stars and blue-chip recruits like Georgia is. And I think that, you know, the the, the Alabama thing, right? Like, he's thrown five interceptions in, in two games against those guys. And Georgia, as a program, is in a different spot. Like, I think if we were, you know, pre- 2017, Georgia, everyone would be really happy with Seth and Bennett, but I think the fan base is at a point where it's like the recruiting is there, uh, the money has been spent. Like it's time to win a national title. And I think a lot of people feel like he might not be able to do that. Um, And the, the other side of it is that JT Daniels, you know, he played four games last year, he threw for 400 yards and two of those when Georgia hadn't had a 400 yard passing performance since 2013. Like he's shown that he can do some really good things and he does have a tendency to get the ball out a little quicker and see things a little bit better than Stetson does uh, and do some things pre snap that I think puts Georgia into some favorable situations. So that's sort of the, the tease there uh, that would be the short version, but I'll let, I'll let Sarah and Josh give their perspective. Case, uh, I,
5: oh, go go ahead. ahead,
2: Sarah. I, I
5: got to hop off in just a second, but um, my answer to that question again, it's a short one. And I do like that the Michigan fan I, I'm glad that you're here. I'm also glad that you maybe knowingly or unknowingly sprayed, uh, sprayed the Georgia napalm that is Judson Bennett discussion. But I, I think that Graham's right in the terms of actually the hardest thing for Judson Bennett is maybe uh, the level of talent of the rest of the program. Um, I think you know, like you said, 2015 you know, Georgia team. Um, I don't think you'd be hearing that. I think part of what Georgia fans issues whether they want to admit it or not is that. We want to be. We want. We wanted a Trevor Lawrence. We wanted all those other quarterbacks that we haven't really had, um, or that we had them or that didn't play like that. But in terms of that elite level, you know, Joe Burrow put the game on his back, kind of quarterback. We we want that. Um, and the, the reality of the situation is, Stetson Bennett is not that guy, but neither is, in my opinion, J T Daniels. So my only uh, thing with Stetson Bennett is, you know, he's been in the program. He's he's a senior. I wish that he could read some things and I don't know if it's a height situation. Graham and Josh would know better than me. I think some of his reading of defenses is frustrating for being um, a senior as he is, but I do think he's a good quarterback. Um, And I think that that compares to the fact that I do think JT reads coverages really well. Um, But Hey, if, if he can't make it happen, then it doesn't make a difference. But it's not that I don't think Stetson can throw it. It's that I, you know, some of the stuff that he reads a team like, Alabama can play into that um, which is my only which is what I really the concern that I have so
1: I think I agree with just about all of those points and, and actually don't really have much to add but to MK's question about uh, the the ability for him to run and that that he might be a better or more difficult matchup for Michigan I think we kind of talked about it earlier in, in the space session whatever you want to call this thing but yeah I think that Stetson will to show his legs more I think he knows that maybe Maybe his back's against the wall a little bit as a starter to win this national championship as a starter, and that he's gonna and the coaches and I think what it, have talked about it a lot about his X factor is his legs and his ability to make plays um, running the ball. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him as sort of a, run a couple times early, and and yeah, I do think that that's a that's an X factor, and he's not good enough and doesn't run enough that they're not going to spy him. They're going to have to sort of cover him with a, with their base defense, and and, and you know he can. Find some looks with the prep, and you know one of those things that you can do when you have early, you know, early drives, early, you know, you've got plays, you know, scripted, and they're going to f- find him a look that he can run against, and he's going to run. So I do think MK, you're right, he he can possibly cause problems for, um, a, you know, a, you know, the one guy you, you're not accounting for in your base defense.
11: Yeah, and, and the what, thing that I and the thing that I would add too is like with Michigan. Obviously, I'm a diehard Michigan fan, but at the end of the day. If you, if you just go back and watch two games, it's the Michigan State game and it's the Nebraska game. And Nebraska, we were just, you know, we were on our heels the whole time just because of the fact that the quarterback was able to run it on a few, you know, third down, uh, third and longs. You know, he was able to make that conversion and that threw the whole game off. So uh, the around-the-edge runs that Walker was able to produce is literally exactly what I see from Georgia when you guys run the ball. Uh, you know, it's sometimes you run up the middle, but most for most of the time it's like, uh, the the play action type, you know, off, off end pulls where uh, are p- pretty quick. And th- I think that's what gets our defense off their edge. So um, that's what scares me the most that, and I would say Bowers. So I honestly don't think Stetson needs to really throw too much across the middle. Cause that, that seems to me where he gets into trouble, but. I think we're, I think we're well
1: documented. We do best when we don't throw the ball more than 30 times. Uh, MK, yeah. I know you're, I know you're a Michigan fan before we bring in Craig um, with, one of our last questions, maybe you got a score prediction, and let's—I mean, you preface it by you're a diehard Michigan fan. So, what, what do you think the score is going to be? Um, I, I'm, you know, this this might be the Homer in me, but I'm, I'm. This is a this is a this is a safe space. This is
11: a very safe space. I, I'm going. I'm going twenty. Yeah, no. Please I'm, be honest. I'm going twenty-four twenty-one due to the fact that, uh, and that's Michigan. And the only reason I say that is due to the fact that. I believe that Ojabo and I believe that Hutchinson will, will get there and cause a strip sack fumble, um, but I think this is going to be one of the best for both playoff semifinals, and probably yeah, it had not
1: been a lot of. I think a lot of people are saying that this is going to be a good one, one of the better ones, maybe since the last time that Georgia was in uh, the the semis against Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. Thank you, MK, buddy, for sure, for sure. Craig. Well, right. Good luck. You do know it enjoy the game thank you MK All right, Craig take us home
4: man sorry to jump in again I did want to say to MK that another reason and I'm very pro uh, understand that I'm not a coach or whatever but I would feel a lot more confident if JT Daniels came out under center I don't know if MK left
1: or not but I think uh, he was here a second ago but but go ahead
4: well to answer his question further about why we a lot of people prefer JT is, I mean, Stetson has done a lot of good things, but you'd also kind of be hard pressed to make a case for it, that he would start at any other school in the conference outside of South Carolina. Maybe. I wouldn't that
0: far. I mean, like who else would he start for this year? Yeah. I think he would have started for LSU over Max Johnson. I really, think- Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I would go. I think Florida probably would have taken him at, <laughs> at points this season. I mean, really, the situation that was with well, that
4: offensive line. Stetson Bennett would. I don't know. Anyway, I, I one mean, one thing I, I wanted to I, ask you guys. And, and well, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Good. Well, I, I did want to ask you guys because I I think you know we we would probably end up agreeing to just, to disagree in that conversation. And I really hope I get proven wrong because I love Stetson Bennett as a person. Like, as a guy who puts it all out on the line, like, there's nothing he could do. He could throw 10 interceptions against Michigan. Like, he's doing his best. I know that. So, I do love Stetson Bennett in that respect. For sure, um, I would be pissed at 10 interceptions, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get the point. Yeah, totally. yeah, it would take me a while to come back around, but I would. <laughs> uh, with As far as Stetson's running goes, though, like, okay, and I, I haven't really gone back and, and watched a ton of film. I, ha- I can't really bear to do it for the SEC championship game. Like, he didn't do anything with his legs against Alabama. And assuming that, you know, things go, as, the, the, as Vegas says, and we do beat Michigan and we do end up playing Alabama again, like, he wasn't effective running the ball against that defense at all in atlanta so what's the thinking is like do we need to lean into more stetson bennett running in order to beat alabama or like what what's the what's the what's the thought there with him so, using his legs
0: my position on that game is that uh once you got at like once you got past that first possession of the third quarter where alabama took a, a 14 point lead um georgia both from a play calling and from a quarterbacking standpoint, like I I thought that Todd Monk and Stetson Bennett both pressed really hard. And there were situations where, you know, first and 10 or second and 10, he could have taken seven or eight yards and he tried to make the hero play downfield because, you know, I think that Georgia at that point in the game, you know, throughout a lot of the third quarter, felt like that defense wasn't going to stop Alabama. And so it was a situation where it was just like, we got to go, score on every possession and we got to score touchdowns on every possession and we have to do it quick, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think that there was more opportunities for him to run there than he took. I mean, there was some lanes that he, you know, definitely should have tucked it and gone. But I, I mean, I think that the the Alabama thing, like I think that's a big reason personally uh, why you're, you're seeing JT Daniels take first team reps right now, because I think that you know, if Georgia gets through Michigan with Stetson or or doesn't get through Michigan with Stetson, I think that either way, like, they're going to treat this Alabama game as a, a situation where, you know, we, you go out and you do anything you feel like you have to do to win. And I think that, you know, Kirby and, and Monken and the rest of that staff probably didn't empty the clip in that Alabama game the way that,
3: like, you know, you might see them against a Michigan like we're.